Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Right. Are we live? Yes, we're live. Good. Yes. Hello. Good evening. We are live on Facebook, in YouTube. Hello to all my followers on YouTube and my subscribers, because I know I've got quite a large following on YouTube. Uh, quite popular, you know. Uh, Multi-platform guy right here. And he's also soon to be live on the gram, aka Instagram. So let's do this. Um, so Q&A coming at you, live and direct from Styano Towers. Um, if you have any questions, then you can ask me and I'll answer them. If you don't, then I have got some questions that have been asked of me already. And I'm supposed to check. I can do it live while we're on this to see if anyone's asked me any questions already on the um, I think um, Amy puts a post out with a little thing that says have you got any questions on it um, okay fair enough <laughs> I mean, anyone Jackie's here good to see you Sarah Motiva um, god is that me I'm seeing myself live god that's weird um, You would have commented on my story. What does that mean? Oh, here we go. There's some questions. When? Oh, here we go. We've got some. Oh dear. Are these questions okay? We've got some questions, guys. Look at that. Right. Um, when can you start sleeping on your side after having a full tummy tuck and vasoliposuction to the flanks and backs? And back, not backs. Um, now, instantly, I know this isn't my patient because I don't do vasoliposuction. So my instant reaction to that is, when does your surgeon say you can sleep on your back? Or sleep on your sides? Oh. Okay, well, that's a slightly different question that I would normally be asked with a tummy tuck because the thing about a tummy tuck is you have to sleep in a bent position. So if you're, so I, when you're in hospital, you sleep on your back you, you, you wake up from theater on your back and you but you have a uh, your table is bent the table is bent at home you don't have the ability to bend the um the bed so i normally say to people personally this is me i'd say to people actually can sleep on the side straight away after a tummy tuck because you get into fetal position because it's quite difficult to get in that position on your back at home you have to have pillows propping you up and pillows underneath your knees so it's quite difficult to do it on a, on a normal flat bed so it's easier to take tension off the uh, abdomen by sleeping on your side so personally I allow people to sleep on the side straight away after a tummy tuck um, the fact that this you're asking the question suggests to me that you've been told not to sleep on your side so if you've been told not to sleep on your side then you better do what your surgeons told you and you better ask them when you can start sleeping on your side because it's a little it's everyone's got different nuances in terms of um, post-op 
recovery and, and regimes. And any time there's lots of ways of doing things means there's no one good way of doing things. So it's not like I'm right, they're right, whatever. It's just we've all got our own little ways that we tell people to do stuff after surgery. So you better do what your surgeon tells you uh, rather than what some guy on the internet tells you. So um, stick with stick with your surgeon and ask them. But uh, yeah, I let people lie on their side right away as soon as they get home personally um and we've got another one i'm glad i checked this god can you imagine i checked this too um can i currently have cui allegan implants and would like to know when they should be changed so um it doesn't really matter what implants you've got up next okay um the advice is kind of the same in terms of changing implants because there is no set time scale as to when you should have them changed. CUI uh, Allegan implants, um, I believe I have a 10 year warranty, but that doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't really matter what the warranty is. The, if you, you see, if you have problems with your implants, then I would look at getting them changed. If you, if you get them changed, there are risks with doing the surgery of changing your implants. So um, there kind of has to be a good reason. So if you haven't got any problems with them, the basic advice from me would be to leave them alone. And uh, if you have got problems with them, then you may need to have them changed, but obviously you'll have problems with them. The sort of problems you're gonna get, uh, probably the most common problem is um, scar tissue forming around the implant, which is called capsular contracture, which makes it feel hard. Um, rupture's a problem, um, usually after some significant trauma where they kind of the breadth, the shape changes. Um, there's a very rare cancer associated with implants, which will present as a lump or a swelling to your breast. So if you have a lump, a swelling, hardness, change in shape of your breast, then yes, you need to seek help, regardless of how long you've had your implants in. Even, even if you've had them in for, for one year, two years, five years, you should seek help. But if you've had your implants in for 10 or 15 years and you've got no problems, then um, you won't necessarily need to have them changed. And I know a lot of people come to clinics saying they've got to be changed every 10 years, but that is not, um, strictly speaking, um, the case, because if you haven't got problems, then you you do potentially run risks of changing them. So it's always best to balance those risks. And uh, my advice would be to leave them alone. I do keep an eye on people in the clinic for a follow-up to check everything's okay. But uh, uh, normally, if you have problems, you will kind of know about the problem. So if you don't know about, if you if you if you if you don't know that you've got a problem, i.e., if it doesn't feel hard, it doesn't feel uncomfortable, there's no lump, there's no swelling, there's no asymmetry, no change in shape, then I would leave them alone. Um, is my advice to you. And statistically speaking, if you do have a problem with um, uh, lumps or swellings. Oh my God, I've got a, um, then you, um, if you don't have a problem with a lump or a swelling, then uh, statistically speaking, it's more likely to be your um, breast than your implant, because you're, you're, you've obviously got a breast there as well. So that's something as well to bear in mind. Look at that, I've got, I've got, oh, that noise has come back in. I hope you can't hear that noise. Question for the story. Can you surgically remove a nevus birthmark from the lip without too much scarring or deformity to the lip? So I think this is probably the patient I've been talking to on the WhatsApp just now. Um, so I've been having a bit of um, uh, back and forth on the WhatsApp. So, um, and they've sent us a photo. Can you hear that noise? Um, 
Um, and this is actually quite a large nevus on the lip. So the the good thing is that there's quite a lot of laxity on the lip, so you can remove things on a lip and directly close it, because I think a previous doctor suggested using a skin graft. Wouldn't recommend using a skin graft at all on this nevus, because it's in a quite a sensitive position, because it's crossing what we call the vermilion border. I don't know if you can see mine, because I've got a beard, but the vermilion border is the pink to the to the skin. So anytime you cross the vermilion border, that's quite a sensitive area. And certainly if you have a facial laceration, if you cut your face, once it crosses the vermilion border, when you go to A&E and what have you, um, you will pretty well often get referred, well back in my day anyway, you get referred to plastic surgery because it crosses the vermilion border because that's a sensitive area and it's important to try and get that vermilion border lined up. So this is quite a large uh, nevus on the on the top lip and um and so that is um that is a, a an issue and a, and a cosmetically sensitive and and something you didn't don't want to take on lightly and we've had some discussion backwards and forwards about this whether it's worth removing or not and it's a really tricky one because it is quite a large um a, a large nevus there's quite a large part portion of the top lip will need to be removed and uh, then brought together and that might pull the, the central part of the lip slightly to the side this thing called the filtrum which are these two lines here uh, which is not ideal because the lip will be smaller and the, the filtrum might be pulled slightly to the side um, but also that would remove the nevus so it's like is it worth it what's going to be better is it better to keep the nevus is it better to have it removed i can't really answer that question because it's all I can say is what we can do. We can remove it and stitch it up and it will, you know, we will leave the scar, we'll aim to make the scar as nice as possible and aim for the scar to be hidden and you can cover the scar with makeup, but there will be a portion of the lip that's removed and so that lip will be slightly smaller and might slightly, it will be worse when you first do it until uh, compared to later, but that will um, pull that, uh, that side of the lip across and that's kind of not ideal. So it's something we, you know, I, I can't really say whether it's worth doing because if you're not really bothered by the nevus, then we'll leave it alone. But if it really bothers you, well, then you may want to consider having it removed. The removing of it can be done at the clinic, local anaesthetics, see and treat. We can do it on the day um, because I've seen photos of it and what have you. So um, the doing of it's possible, but it's just hard to say whether it's worth doing because it's really up to the patient. That one. Hi, Terry. Good to see you. Uh, Jess has given a message on Facebook, which means a little snake. I filled a thing on my snake. Jess, your ledge. Is there a WhatsApp number I can you on for a few queries I have, please? Yes, there is, Jess. I think if you go to the website, it's down the bottom right. Uh, we used to have a live chat thing, and we kept, you know, sometimes if we didn't answer it straight away, the patient would go away. So now we've got a WhatsApp thing. So if you go to the website, stanoplasticsurgery.co.uk, um, then, then, uh, there's a little WhatsApp thing at the bottom, um, and it should go to the WhatsApp. I, I set it up myself the other day, so um, I hope it works. Let me know if it doesn't work, because the fact that I set up, quite possible it might not work. If you go to, anyway, look, uh, but yeah, there is a there is a WhatsApp thing. Down the bottom right. Copy. 
thought I put a message in Facebook. I put, yeah. Now, does that count as a comment? I get a second uh, little thing on the snake. So, yeah. Um, hold on. Yeah. So, um, yes, Jess, you can ask questions on the WhatsApp number. You would be very happy. Would be very happy to hear from you. Um, what am I looking for? My next question. That's what I'm looking for. So my next question is. Hold on a minute. This is a question of what I can't have. We've done this. I can't have see you. I am looking to have them changed. If I do have my implants changed, will they need to be? Oh, there's a second part of the question here. If I do have my implants changed, will they need to be then? change again further down the line well that's exactly why i say to people leave it as long as possible because the, the most common reason for needing your implants change obviously if you have a lump or a swelling or a rupture or something like that you might want to have them changed which is fair enough the most common reason to have an implant change is um capsule contracture scar tissue forming around the implant and when we change that we take all that scar tissue out and put a new implant in well that creates more scar tissue so more scar tissue is is created after an exchange of implants than is created when you put it in first time around because it's a more traumatic operation to do a capsulectomy to remove that capsule than it is to put the implants in first time around therefore i always advise people to leave it as long as possible before having your implants changed because you're absolutely right there you will um the new scar tissue will form as soon as you put the second set of implants in so if you've had your implants in five or ten years and it's a bit a bit hard and you don't really like it normally say to people look leave it as long as you can because you don't want to start clock ticking with the next set of implants too soon the longer you leave it the better it's not one of those ones where people sometimes say yeah well i better get it done now because in five years time i'm going to be five years older and uh, you know might not want to have it done and stuff like that i'm like well that's, i wouldn't necessarily think like that i would say have it done at kind of like the right time because if you um have it done um sooner then you might be bringing the date of the next operation forward if you, if you see what i mean so the longer you leave it in a way the better so uh, because indeed you might need to have them changed again down the line because um, the next set might go hard again so that's something to consider also if you've never had implants in the past that's something to consider if you want to have implants that there is kind of like an upkeep with them in the future because they can go hard and, and you can get issues with them how should how far in advance should I put my surgery tummy tuck before attending a special event? Uh, I guess it depends on what the event is. Um, I mean, the, the normal question is flying. And I normally say six weeks. You're kind of feeling a bit normal at six weeks. So I guess it would still, I guess six weeks would be reasonable for this as well, assuming the special event isn't kind of a weightlifting contest. Assuming you would have said if it was a weightlifting contest. Um, so if it's just like a sit sitting down event, then maybe four weeks. But if it's um, like a holiday or something and you need to lift stuff, you know, your bags and things, maybe three months. So, um, yeah, I normally say things start to set at three months. Your scar will be red and what have you, but um, uh, swelling and things like that, shape and stuff, three months is when it starts to settle. But if you're kind of wearing clothes, you're not so much about the look of it. If you're wearing clothes and just attending an event, then um, I'd say a month you should be able to go, you know, go and attend the event. You might still feel a bit uncomfortable. Um, you probably, almost certainly, will be walking straight, I would say, by a month. So you won't still be bent over. Um, and it always depends on how good you want to feel about yourself during the event because you might still get swelling and discomfort at a month. 
So if you want to be like you know, relatively normal, I would say three months. A month to three months, I guess, is the short answer to that one. Could I have a tummy tuck under local anaesthetic? Yes, not strictly local anaesthetic. It'd be local and sedation. I wouldn't be like pure local anaesthetic. So sometimes we do things in the clinic under pure local anaesthetic, which is removal of mole cysts, tattoos, things like that. And that's you're completely awake, completely compassmentous, completely normal. A bit like a dentist, just an injection in the area, and um, then we do it. So you can do a tummy tuck, but not under pure local. It'd be local with sedation. So you'd be sedated. And to be fair, you'd be quite heavily sedated uh, with a tummy tuck. So you wouldn't really be awake. You wouldn't really be participating. You wouldn't really be talking um, to us. You'd be like, oh, and we'd say, how are you? Feeling okay? And you'd be like, oh, you got any pain? Oh, you know, sort of a bit drowsy type thing. So um, local and sedation, also known as twilight anesthetic. Um, it is possible. I don't do it very often. Um, the local station was big during the COVID because we that's all we could do. The, a lot of the hostels could only do local sedation. But we're back now in hostels where we can do GA. And I think I would, well, I would say my kind of preferred way to do a tummy tuck would be a GA. Um, I do think that uh, it is a little bit more, more comfortable having it done under a, uh, under a GA personally. But if you have a particular reason for not wanting a GA and if you want to have a uh, local anaesthetic, then um, you, it can be done under local with sedation uh, as long as you're on board with it. And as I say, the hostels that I work in usually have a facility for general anaesthetic. So we will often say to you, look, we'll see how we get on. If it's a bit uncomfortable, we can always convert to a, to a GA if, uh, if it's too uncomfortable for you. But on paper, Yes, tummy tucks can be done under uh, local anaesthetic. Is it normal to experience swelling six months after having a tummy tuck? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot better at six months, but yeah, for sure, there'll still be some degree of swelling. There'll still be some degree of activity in the in the scar. Um, not anywhere near as much as there was initially, but certainly that that's uh, still, I would still consider six months to be kind of part of the healing process. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's still a bit of swelling there, particularly if you're doing a lot of activities and you're, and you're quite active and things, it can make it swell a bit more. And I don't necessarily need, think you still need to wear the binder and what have you, but um, it might not be your final result. I think that's probably my the main take home point. It might take, I normally say a year is, is kind of when the, you know, the scar and the numbness and the, and the shape and things really, really uh, fully settle. Uh, I mean, three months for it to start. So three, you know, six, 12, 18 months for it to properly settle. So again, variable. Some people are, look really good at six months. Some people, people still look a bit red, maybe a bit of swelling here and there at six months. So it is a bit variable. Can I have surgery if I will not accept a blood transfusion? So this, um, I guess the answer is it depends on what surgery. So um, Minor procedures, mole cysts, all the stuff we do at, uh, in the clinic under local anaesthetic, absolutely no problem at, at all. Um, we have just recently added this question to our front sheet. So it might look a bit unusual if you're coming to have your mole removed and there's a question there saying, would you accept blood transfusion? It's not really for you. I can't, can't really make it so that it only goes to certain people. I think it says if appropriate or something like that. But um, it's really for people having the general anaesthetic procedures. And the problem with that is the hospitals. So people in the classic example is the Jehovah's Witness patients who will not accept a blood transfusion. And the problem is with the hospitals. I have operated on Jehovah's Witness patients. 
and I very, very rarely need to give a blood transfusion to anyone. And if I ever did need to give a blood transfusion to anyone in the past, it would be because they've lost a bit of blood during the surgery, they're feeling a bit weak and wobbly, and you'll say, look, you'll, you'll feel a lot better with a blood transfusion, your blood count's a bit low, you feel a lot better with a blood transfusion, within an hour or two you'll feel, you'll feel much better. If you don't want to have a blood transfusion, you can leave it, but it might take several months for you to get better and to, you know, build up the blood, um, blood in your body. So it's, 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 so those are, so if you, so you're in a position there to say, well, no, thanks, I don't want it. I'm rather, I'm going to rather wait until uh, I feel a bit better. So that's, um, it's very, very rare for someone to need a blood transfusion intraoperatively, so we can't actually talk to them, sort of thing, uh, which I think is the concern about people who say I don't want a blood transfusion, right? Um, and so that's extremely rare for um, for any of the ops that, that I do. So I have got no concerns about operating on patients who will not accept a blood transfusion because, as I say, um, it's extremely rare to need one. And when you do need one, you can usually have a discussion with a patient. And if you say, look, I'm happy feeling rubbish for three months while it gradually builds up my blood count, then you say, well, that's fine. Then, then we won't give you a blood transfusion. So I'm comfortable with operating on patients who will not accept a blood transfusion. The problem is the hospitals and um it's got worse since covid so we we have done um, jehovah's witness in the past and it's a little bit of a palaver with a form that you have to fill in and, and sign a particular consent form is getting more difficult now and certainly some of the hospitals i work in just like blanket no if you won't accept a blood transfusion so it is getting more difficult to um to operate on patients who say they for, for general anesthetic cases of so breast lifts tummy tucks um, breast implants, these sorts of things. The patient, if they don't accept the blood transfusion, even though I'm saying, look, you're fine by me, I'm okay with it because you, you know, very unlikely to need one. And if you don't want one, that's fine. Um, but we can't actually get into the hospital. We can't actually fill, you know, fill the booking form in and they won't uh, accept it because um, they have these policies where they won't take people who won't accept the blood transfusion. So that is the problem. So can I have surgery if I not accept the blood transfusion? Uh, it depends on the hostels. There's one hostel where there's a form you have to fill in and we can go to the um, kind of medical board to see if they'll approve it. Um, so it's not a definite no. It's a definite no with some of the other hostels, but there is one that will take the form. But what happens on the results of the form is up to the hospital, really. So it's really something that we need to put to the to the hospital rather than um, than you know, me saying a yes or no, because, you know, I'll say a yes, basically, but I can't do it if the hospital won't take you. Sue, you've added to the to the snake. Well done, you. We have got a uh, an extra dot on the snake. Can I do abdominal exercises after my op? 10 weeks. 10 weeks pushing it there, Sue. You're pushing it. Um, so I think it's good to be active at 10 weeks post-op. I normally say about six weeks you can start being active and start doing things. The bottom line is, Sue, you're not going to do any harm, but you are. You might make it swell. So it kind of, you know, see how you feel. So you just, I would probably start with non-abdominal, non-core, but if you're doing well with your non-core stuff, uh, with your upper body stuff and things, uh, then you can try doing a bit of core work gently and then give it a bit of time to see if it swells up if it doesn't swell up then um, fine if it does swell up then back off so I think 10 weeks is good you know because they normally say six but it's still you know I normally say three months for it to start to sell so you're not not quite there yet you know what are you two two and a half months so you're getting there Sue 
if you're feeling good, if it's looking good and you do them and you're feeling okay and it doesn't swell up too much, then gradually build up would be my advice. Listen to your body and gradually build up. Um, but yeah. Uh, Haley, what you got? I know we've already spoke in your opinion, how long for the scar to settle for my daughter's birthmark on lip plus how unsymmetrical would her lip look? Uh, hi, Haley. Yes, I said I spoke about it earlier, actually, a minute ago. I think you weren't here. Um, very difficult. Hey, so, well, first question, how long for the scar to settle? So the scar will be, uh, it'll probably look quite a nice scar when you first do it and then have the stitches in, the stitches come out afterwards. So it'll be obvious to the, for the first week because you have stitches in and that, that'll make it look really obvious. Stitches come out after a week and then it won't look so obvious. Um, it'll probably look okay at the first week. And then, um, although it looks swollen and it'll look quite pulled over for the first week, and then uh, about six weeks, I'll get you massaging it with, scar, uh, with cream to help it to soften and settle because it will be quite red and active at six weeks. It often gets more red before it gets less red. So it'll be more red before uh, before it starts to settle. And then it normally, again, same with the tummy tuck thing, three months, about three months where it properly starts to settle. Um, you'll be able to cover it with makeup, by the way. You know, once it's all healed after a couple of weeks, you'll be able to cover it with makeup and things like that. But um, but. Uh, the problem with covering your makeup is the pull of the lip. The lip will be pulled to the side. And I can't show you because I've got a beard. But the filtrum are these two lines here. So the filtrum will be a bit pulled to the side. And it'll be quite obviously pulled to the side to start off with. And then the hope is that in the first, in you know, again, about three months, it will settle and it might look more central. But you can't remove quite a significant part of that half of the lip without some degree of, of pulling and obviously a scar. Uh, and as I said earlier, you, you weren't here, I don't think, Haley, but there was a scar would be extended above the the uh, vermilion border, which is never great. Um, you know, so the scar on the on the 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 the, the, um, the, the, the skin of the lip as well as the, the the red of the lip. So there'll be a scar crossing them both. So um, I would say three months for it to start to settle and a year for it to properly settle. Now, a year's a long time, I know. So it will be getting better all the time during that time. But, you know, for scars to really properly settle, it can take several months um, and, and it you know it might take up to a year for it to really properly settle. Um, uh, and same with the, the shape of the, the lip and the way that the, the lip looks pulled. But even when it's all fully settled, there might be some pull on the side of the um, on the side of the lip, on the side of the, the filtrum. Um, um, plus, how asymmetrical would her lip look? The problem with these things, Haley. And sometimes I think it might have been better if I was do if I did a woodwork or metalwork or something. Because in woodwork and metalwork and stuff, if you cut stuff, you know, you cut the joint at four millimeter and then you cut the bit of four millimeters, it's all gonna fit, isn't it? If it's four millimeters and four millimeters. The problem with surgery is you're dealing with tissues, you're dealing with the body. You can cut things and you can try and do things and make it all perfect and beautiful, but it's unpredictable how things heal. It's unpredictable. No one, no one, not even me, will be able to tell you what it looks like. No one will be able to tell you how asymmetrical your your daughter's look, lip will look. Because um, no, no one knows. No one knows how it's going to heal. No one knows what the scar is going to look like, if it's going to be lumpy and coloured or whether it's going to be nice and pale and beautiful hairline. Now, scars on the face do tend to heal well. And the hope is it will be a beautiful hairline scar. It will always be a line there, but the hope is it will it will settle and, and it won't be too obvious. And the hope is that the, the lip will initially be quite pulled across the side and then we'll give a bit and it won't be too bad. Um, and, and it will look great. That's the hope. 
but no one can guarantee you that and no one knows how it's going to settle and it's really hard and i can see that you're you're struggling with it yourself um and i think you kind of want me to say it's all going to be fine you've got to remove it it's going to be so much better having it removed but it's difficult for me to say that because i see people who've got things which look really bad and they're not particularly bothered by and things which don't look bad at all which they're massively bothered by and so all i can say is look i can remove it if you want but it's going to leave a scar it's going to pull your lip across um and, and it, i don't know I, I i don't know how asymmetrical your lip will look uh, but it but it whilst i'd love to think you know plastic surgeons are brilliant fantastic don't leave scars often weren't scars on the face they do heal beautifully but this is quite a large lesion it's in a sensitive area on the lip so you know i don't think it will leave it like it's nothing's been done i think there will be a, a, a an air you know something to see that something's been done but at the but the option is leaving it you know that that's what you've got to focus on the option is leaving it if you're happy to leave it then leave it if you're not that bothered by it then leave it but um it, it it's really hard really hard and i don't know how to advise you and it's really up to your daughter as to how much it bothers her if she uh, wants to go down that road because it can be removed you know there's no question can it be removed yes um it can be removed but uh, and, and i know you're talking about laser i don't think laser is going to do it i know you're talking about skin grass i don't think skin grass is a good idea because while skin graft wouldn't, wouldn't uh, distort the lip in terms of removing tissue it would not look great at all having a patch of skin graft on your uh, on your lip crossing your vermilion it would just be a patch and it would look i don't think that's a good option at all personally um so I know you've seen different people and they've told you different things. So it's a tricky one, Haley. It's a tricky one. I'm sorry if I'm not giving you an answer, but I'm doing that because there isn't an answer. No one, well, people can try and give you the answer. Yes, you've got to have it done. No, you must leave it alone. People will all have an opinion, but at the end of the day, it's just your daughter's opinion that matters um, because, you know, it'd be reasonable to leave it and it'd be reasonable to remove it. Hmm, don't have to be much help there, Haley. but uh, anyway. Do what I can. I'll look out for your WhatsApp. If you've got any other messages, I'll look out. And you, by all means, give us a ring tomorrow, Haley, uh, not Haley, Amy, and uh, Nicola, and what have you. They'll all be at the clinic. And if you want to have a chat, then you can definitely have a chat about it. And we will do our best to help you make the right decision. That's what we're here for. And we will facilitate it. But at the end of the day, it's your daughter's decision. That's the bottom line. No one else can make it for her. I am struggling to find a surgeon to offer me tattoo excision. Is there a reason why it's so hard to find? I said, yes, I see this a lot. What is it about tattoo excision? Why would surgeons not do it? Now, as far as I, I don't understand, I, I really don't understand why surgeons would do it. I know we see people, so um, what is today? Tuesday. So last week, I operated on someone on Friday. I can't remember what day. Anyway, what I opened on someone from Switzerland and from Norwich. Well, I should have said Norwich first. Norwich, because <laughs> Norwich doesn't sound so good when you say it after Switzerland. I opened on someone from Norwich, and Norwich is quite far from Birmingham and Switzerland. So um, both tattoo excision from people from that far away. And I always say, look, go close. And I think they'd all seen people close and they'd seen surgeons and the surgeons have told them they said they wouldn't do it or they couldn't see what the problem was or it wouldn't work or whatever. I don't know what. So I don't know why. I can't talk for other surgeons and I don't know why. There does definitely seem to be 
a um, reluctance amongst surgeons, uh, plastic surgeons to do tattoo excision. I think a lot of um, people talk about skin grafts and similarly, like I say, with the lip on, on the limbs and things, skin grafts do not look good. They do not look like normal skin. So personally, I don't like uh, the option of skin grafts to tattoos. So there's only a, a small proportion of tattoos that are suitable for excision, those that can be closed directly, even if it's even if it's in multiple sessions, you might need to go back a few months later and do another session. But um, I seem to have got quite a lot of people who, who ask for it, who come from quite far and wide, um, which is kind of good, but I always say, look, go local if you can, because if you have any issues and things, it can be a bit of a nuisance if you're far away. Uh, obviously, you've got phones and videos and we can talk to you and liaise with the GP if you need antibiotics or anything like that, but uh, it's not ideal. It's ideal to go local, but I cannot answer the question as to why a lot of plastic surgeons won't offer um, tattoo excision. Um, if there's any plastic surgeons on the line, if you want to offer your opinion and say why you would or wouldn't do a tattoo excision, I just look at it like a mole or a lesion uh, and we remove bits of skin all the time. And it's just basically removing a bit of skin and stitching it up. Um, so it's it's um, it's a relatively straightforward thing for me um, for the right tattoo. And that's the, uh, like anything, it's about patient selection. I'm talking about Haley, it's about selecting your patients right, counseling your patients, telling them what to accept, expect. And I often say to people, quite frankly, cosmetically speaking, the scar can look worse than the tattoo. If you've ever seen my videos on tattoo removal, um, people sometimes do comment to that uh, to 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 to, uh, to that degree by saying the scar looks worse than a tattoo, and I'm like, I've often told the patient the scar's gonna look worse than a tattoo, but for whatever reason, they don't like the tattoo and they are happy to accept the scar. So it's all about counselling preoptively, and if you're happy to accept the scar, it is an instant um, result. There's no question about whether it's gonna work or not. Um, so you know there are lots of positives about excision. It does definitely get rid of it, but um, but I don't know why surgeons don't do it. I can't answer that, but I do know that I do it. So if you've got a tattoo, call me, WhatsApp me, send us a photo, and we will have a look at it and give you an idea of what can can be done if, if we can help you. So that's it. I am currently uh, out of questions. So I uh, hope that has been uh, useful. And uh, I will check out the WhatsApp if Jess has got anything to say. By all means, Jess, contact us on the WhatsApp. Haley's already in the whatsapp chat arena so i will look out for any chats from you Haley, and i'll do my level best to respond to them uh amy will be um on it in the daytime so i don't you know i just keep on it in the evenings but amy's on it for the you know most of the time i dabble dabble in whatsapp um but yeah i'm out of questions So anyway, I'm a busy guy, obviously. So I'm going to check out of here and I am going to be back next Tuesday. Actually, it's half term, isn't it? I don't know if I'll be back next Tuesday because it's half term. Uh, it's about two weeks. I'll be back some point in the not too distant future. So if you've got any questions, just WhatsApp me. I'll answer on a WhatsApp. I'm preferring the WhatsApp to the online chat. Please discuss if you've got any views about that. Is that better or worse? because you can still have an instant conversation, but also if you're not there instantly, you can have a kind of delayed con 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 
conversation. Whereas on the, on the chat, we had to do it straight away or we'd lose the patient. So I do quite like the WhatsApp. So yeah, um, by all means, contest on WhatsApp. I keep an eye on it. Amy keeps an eye on it. Nicola keeps an eye on it. We all keep an eye on it to uh, to uh, wrap with you. So um, yeah, contest us on WhatsApp. Should be on the website, bottom corner of the website. Anyway, without further ado, I'll see you in the not too distant future once I've finished holidaying. Stopping the stream. Check. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.